Hey, what's up everybody and welcome to this episode on taking action. So as a lot of you guys probably know, I didn't do an interview episode this past Monday. I actually did my first ever solo episode and I talked about expectations, intention, and commitment. So naturally, I wasn't going to do three takeaways on those three topics that I spoke on. But I wanted to give you guys a really valuable episode today. So what I did is I broke down three different mini clips on taking action from past interviews that I had done. The first guy that it speaks is going to be Derek Phillips, and he was the very first episode that I ever published. The next one is going to be Michael Brody Waite from episode number 12, and third and finally is going to be Chris Byford from episode number 10. The common theme of all of these mini clips, guys, again, they are really short. They're about two minutes long each, but the theme of them is going to be taking action. Derek talks about a story when him and his friends, when they were little, were in this state of necessity and how that breeded creativity for all of them. Michael Brody Waite talks about how we need to focus on what we can control and how when we actually do focus on those things, how it motivates us to take action towards them. Chris Byford talks about how you are ready now. We all are waiting for that perfect moment, that perfect timing to actually take action on, on certain ideas that we have. But he says that you are ready now, so go about the business of doing it. I hope you guys enjoy this episode on taking action. Again, it's powerful stuff. This first one right here is going to be from Derek Phillips. Yeah, man. And I can think back to when I was a child, man. Going to my... So... My grandma, she lived in, in, rest in peace, grandma. She actually just passed away about um, four weeks ago, actually. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, she, we used to go to her house during the summertime, spend pretty much the whole summer with her. And she lived in Philadelphia, which she, at the time, I actually lived in the suburbs. My family, we moved out of Philadelphia, moved to the suburbs, and we wanted her to come. She never wanted to leave her area. She loved her area. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. She was there when it was, the buildings were created. It was a beautiful area. Long story short, it wasn't as beautiful at this time. So it was a low income Philadelphia at the time. And I wanted, like, I was a basketball player, so I always wanted to play ball, but we weren't going to put a basketball hoop out there because yeah. something was going to happen to it. Let's just say yeah. something was going to happen to the basketball court. So around there, man, all the kids would build, because nobody really had money around it. They would create these basketball courts out of these big milk cartons, essentially. They would, like, these, these like, crates. You know those crates that have, like, the, like, holes in the crates is, like, these boxes? Oh, yeah. So they cut the bottom of them out. They nail it to, like, this oh. wood backboard, yeah. put it up on a tree, right? And now there's a basketball court in the So you don't have it. You have to create it. And oh be, just being around that demographic and seeing the constant creation because you didn't have it because the mm-hmm. rug's been pulled under you for life, yeah. it gives me that just motivation. Just thinking back at that. Like, that's creativity at yeah. its finest. Like, figuring you're out a way to be creative. You're forced to be creative and you're forced to kind of make it work. And then, I mean, yeah, man. So it's just everybody has it in them. It just has to be pulled out of you, essentially. Yeah. when you were saying that that I thought of that I'm not sure I've ever thought about this way it is really easy we live uh, technology and I love technology but it's in today's day and age it isolates us quite a bit and I think that you can focus on what you can't control from the convenience of your isolation I think you need to be in relationship with other human beings in order to focus on what you can control and that mm-hmm. because that because when you focus on what you can't control you have to go do something about it and that usually means engaging help in some way whether it's a friend whether it's a resource or whatever and so for me like focusing on what i can't control is really easy okay it's really convenient and i don't have to leave my house to do it gotcha so you actually have to take 
like extra steps into focusing what you can control on? Well, once you focus on what you can control, how can you not do something about it? Yeah. And then when and then when you go to do something about it, I mean, so you're you're this physically fit guy that teaches class and yeah. stuff. I've taken your class, which yeah. I love. And so if I'm like, hey, I need to get fit. I need I don't know how to do these exercises. I need to go somewhere right. to get the help. I'm an addict. I don't know what to do. I go to a meeting. But when you are staring at only what you can't control, how can you not feel motivated to do something about mm. it? And then when we do something about it, I'm a big believer that we do it together. Um, <laughs> this reminds me of, uh, so in my last training I did at Baptist Institute in Barron Baptiste, um, they played this old Bob Newhart video from Mad TV. Okay. And he was a therapist and he only charged $5 for the, or, Five dollars for the first five minutes, and then like whatever a quarter a minute after that, and he didn't make change. Yeah. And so this lady came in and sat down and told him her problem, and he said, "Stop it! Like stop it! Like that's it! Like whatever's happening, like whatever you're in a you're in a dead end job, you're or you're in a job you don't love, you're doing you're with someone you don't really enjoy anymore, you're in a relationship that's not that's not supporting you and who you are, it's not fulfilling you. Whatever it is, these things you're doing that aren't fulfilling you, stop." Like that's the first step. Like stop doing that. Hmm. Like stop doing that, and then go all in on the thing that that's gonna light you up. Like this is your one, tr- this is your one time on the planet. And so for me, that's what it was. Um, I you know I've had some health problems, and when my late twenties, I was told that you know I'm a perfect candidate for a widow maker heart attack. Jeez. Oh, that I should pass in my thirties. Like you know hy- hypoglycemia, hypothyroidism, hyperlipidemia, all this stuff. And um, so. I always kind of felt, and I've almost died a few times, and so like um, I've always kind of felt like I'm on borrowed time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was kind of like, okay, if this is what I'm gonna do, I just need to go. I just need to get about the business of doing it. Yeah, I need to just go about the business of doing it. You felt and, like you had to. Yeah, and so like if you have that, if you get to that sense of urgency, and in Baptist yoga, it's it's our third theme. Like the three themes are uh, be a yes, like be a yes, be a, for up for something bigger than yourself. Yeah. Okay. Um, give up what you must like so whatever it is that's holding you back or in your way like you give it up and the third one is is you are ready now like come from this moment is the only moment i have and so if you live like that like i'm ready now i'm ready to take it on now like to begin my journey or begin whatever it is and if this moment is all i have then i need to get about the business of doing it yeah 